You're listening to episode 269 of the Room to Grow podcast. I'm Emily Goff, a human connection coach, speaker, and mental health advocate with an insatiable sense of curiosity and adventure, always asking more questions and using the power of stories to teach, learn, and grow. It's about allowing for room to grow, and this podcast focuses on three main pillars, human connection, personal growth, and freedom. We cover topics like relationships and cultivating genuine supportive connections with ourselves and others, speaking your truth, shattering personal barriers, radical self-acceptance, and courageously leaning into your skill sets. Whether it's a solo episode or bringing on highly curated guests with incredible stories, experiences, and expertise to share, we're leaning in and taking the entire idea of growth to the next level, all while still covering the uncomfortable topics that many of us like to avoid. There's always more room to grow. Let's do this. Hey, hey, welcome back to the Room to Grow podcast. Emily here. And today we're going to be talking about how the right people feel different to your nervous system. And that's actually a direct quote from Lala Delia. Delia. Um, really beautiful quote. I, I saw it and it just stopped me in, in my tracks. I'm like, oh my God, yes. <laughs> I think I even reposted it to my stories over at Emily Goff Coach um, on Instagram because it, it I was like, there, there needs to be a podcast episode about this one because I could not agree with it more. And sometimes I'll get the question from people, you know, like, how do you know if it's the right person or something like that? The, the body is powerful. The body is incredibly powerful and learning to tap into the innate consciousness that your body possesses is a skill that will guide you through everything in life, relationships and otherwise. And what's interesting is that we were born knowing innately how to listen to our bodies. But along the way, we end up learning and are sort of taught to ignore the signals that our body sends us. But our bodies are so intelligent. We can feel it when something doesn't feel right to us. We can physically feel it in our bodies. But whether we choose to listen or not is another whole situation. Like this is a practice though too, because most of us have spent nearly our entire lives ignoring our bodies. But we also live in a world full of noise, like distractions, stress, all these things, right? So that ends up meaning that we sometimes have to work a little bit harder to tune in with what our bodies are actually communicating. But a huge part of what I do is teaching people how to tune into their bodies and taking care of themselves in that way. And I'm going even deeper into this because my clients have all sort of commented how helpful these, these practices about kind of learning to listen to their bodies have been for them on so many different areas of their life as a direct result. And I, it's sort of like, like my unique background and education is why I take this approach because I'm so well-versed in the effects around how we physically feel as well as mental health and all those types of things. Like it, it's a full mind body approach and it has to be a full body mind and spirit approach for the best success. Because we're comprised of so many different parts that it's it, we're, each one of those things is just pieces of the puzzle. You can't just address one and then ignore everything else and expect the issues to be solved. And I feel so strongly about this because this is what's missing for so many people. We, we try one approach, right? We do like a single therapy session or a yoga class or a meditation or we go for a walk. Like I could go on and on <laughs> and it can feel overwhelming, but... There are incredibly simple ways to introduce this work and to do it in a way that fits into your lifestyle. Like it, it's about 
the awareness more than anything else, and then tapping into the consciousness of your body. So I'm going to share a couple personal examples of this whole idea of, of how the right people feel different to our nervous system. And then I'll go into more details around the nervous system in general and how it communicates with us, especially in terms of how this can show up in relationships so that you know what to look for, including why getting butterflies might not be the good sign that you think it is when you're getting involved with somebody. <laughs> so we're going to talk about that too. But one of my favorite quotes ever is, quote, there is a voice that doesn't use words. Listen by Rumi. End quote. Um, and it, it, it's just one more example to me of how incredible the body is. Like the body holds on to past traumas and experiences as well. And, and we can store that in our bodies in so many different ways. And I'm fortunate to be friends with some, some really incredible humans who are just like at the top of their field when it comes to trauma and the effect it has on, on the body, both physically and emotionally and the various ways that it can present. And the research is just fascinating. And to be honest, I, I actually feel incredibly lucky that I didn't end up with any long-term physical side effects from nearly a decade of being in a relationship where my nervous system was on edge most of that entire time. And relationships are, are one of the absolute best things that we can do for our health. They are not just a want, they are a need. We need relationships as human beings to survive. They can also be more detrimental to our health than nearly any other factor if we are in the wrong relationships. We have to pay attention to these things because we get one body. We get one life with one body. That's it. So we have to take care of that. And I have very personal experience with ignoring what my nervous system was screaming at me for years. I didn't realize how bad it was until I ended that, that nine-year relationship and all of a sudden, it was like my entire body relaxed and breathed a sigh of relief. Like, I know I've described it this way before, if you've heard other podcasts, but it was like the fog lifting. Like, the anxiety was pulled away, and, and I felt like a different human in my physical body in the best possible ways, despite the fact that I was heartbroken. <laughs> like, this all happened nearly immediately. As soon as I ended the relationship, it was like my body was like, whew okay, finally, it took us nine years for her to figure it out, but we're good now. We're okay. We're safe. <laughs> like it's, it's so interesting. And more recently, I actually had a situation where I could feel my nervous system going off, not because the other person was lying or anything like that, but just because it was, it was someone that wasn't quite the right fit. And I noticed the signs that my body was giving me immediately, but I wasn't happy about it. <laughs> I was not happy about it. I, that, because that, this is the thing about being in touch with your intuition. We won't always want to listen to our intuition. <laughs> we can feel it, especially once you've started to train yourself to, to look for the signs. We can feel what our intuition is telling us and we know what the answer is or that something doesn't feel quite right, but doesn't mean we necessarily like the answer that it's giving us. <laughs> like really intuition, just go sit down and shut the fuck up. Like, let me live. <laughs> But it's, it's always up to you, right? Just because you're more in touch with your intuition, it doesn't mean you have to pay attention to what it's telling you. But every time you choose to ignore it, it's a self-betrayal. And then you're abandoning yourself and your own needs at the cost of some sort of external validation. Whether that's another human, a job, a business choice, taking on a client for the money, even though you know that they're not the right fit. 
Um, that's a big no-no. Um, it, it's there, There's all kinds of different areas where this can come up. Our, our intuition guides us in everything that we do. And when we choose to ignore it, it's going against your own integrity. And that's tough because how can we identify as an honest person and, and someone with, with integrity if we aren't even showing up for ourselves honestly? Like, how can we expect others to show up with integrity if we aren't showing up with that for ourselves? I talk to my clients a lot about um, core values and, and what they value most, both for themselves and in others. And when it comes to looking for certain traits and, and um, in, in values and stuff in others, you better be damn sure that you're showing up with those same traits yourself or you're being hypocritical. And the body knows. The body knows knows. Your nervous system knows. It will send off alarm bells when it senses danger, either real or perceived. And they might be very faint at first and, and very quiet, but don't worry. They'll, they'll get a lot louder if you continue to ignore those signals. <laughs> and it can easily start to manifest as, as physical symptoms as well as emotional. I've, I've also had it come to me in the form of um, like anxiety, as I mentioned, like my stomach being in knots, feeling nauseous, um, mentally drained. Like there's so many different facets to this. And when it comes to things like butterflies in the stomach, this is really interesting because you might think that getting butterflies in the stomach when, when you're starting a new relationship or, or when you're interested in someone, um, it, we can get them for a variety of reasons. Maybe it's, uh, like public speaking or starting a new job or something like that. But I'm going to kind of take the, the relationship lens on this, the, the sort of human side of it. So, you get butterflies in the stomach. You might think that's a good and even necessary sign. That, that's the funny thing is that sometimes we might um, start to get involved with somebody and it's like if we don't feel butterflies, we take that as a bad sign. Like, well, we're clearly not that attracted to them. Um, but butterflies in the stomach, it's actually a sign of stress. And I, I think it's maybe, I'm, I'm kind of choosing to blame Hollywood a little bit. <laughs> if you have comments on this, like, let me know. But I think it's partly Hollywood who has kind of romanticized the idea of getting butterflies. But it's actually your sympathetic nervous system sending you little alarm bells, otherwise sort of known as the, the fight or flight part of your nervous system, to let you know that there's something a little bit off there. So I feel like I, I kind of need to explain the, the fight, flight, or freeze here. And from an evolutionary perspective, to, to put this into context, this, this portion of, of your nervous system, let's say you, um, you're just, you're chilling. Okay. You're chilling. You're searching for your next meal in a very relaxed state. This is often referred to as, as the rest and digest state. This is when the parasympathetic nervous system, which, um, it, it helps sort of prime you for rest and relaxation. It's when that, it's when the, the parasympathetic nervous system is running the show. But so you're chilling, you're searching for your next meal, you're relaxed, everything's good, you're in rest and digest. But then a lion starts chasing you. <laughs> and we're talking from an evolutionary perspective, okay? Then a lion starts chasing you. You spot the lion coming for you, and instantaneously, your body's entire fight or flight nervous system takes over, and the physiological response is drastic and immediate. It diverts precious energy and resources away from other areas of the body. So what happens here is some of the things that can happen in fight or flight, you can have your heart rate increase, your blood pressure increases, stress hormones like cortisol and adrenaline spike in the bloodstream, your pupils might dilate, and 
in terms of talking about the diverting precious energy away from um, other areas of the body, any non-essential function in the body, such as digestion, stops because you are literally running for your life. Digestion won't matter much if you get caught by a lion and eaten as a snack. <laughs> your body's not going to give a fuck about digestion at that point. So it diverts the energy away from things like digestion in order for you to fight, fight, fight flight, or freeze in order to save your life, depending on the circumstances. In this case, you're going to need to choose flight if you're going to get away from the line. <laughs> but this is one of many reasons why there are so many people who struggle with digestive issues. This is just the very, very tip of the iceberg. So many of us, and, and for anyone who doesn't know, I have a, a full background in holistic nutrition. So this is, I, this is why I'm actually very well-versed in, in a lot of this. So many of us are eating while distracted or stressed or staring at screens or overworked, all of these things. So we don't actually ever give our bodies a shot at properly digesting food because many of us are in this constant state of fight or flight. And the other part of this is how we react when something happens to throw us into fight or flight. So let's, let's give a more modern day example. Okay. Let's say someone cuts you off in traffic and, and nearly hits you. Um, I've also had maybe some instances of walking in the dark and a shadow moves and I nearly jump out of my skin. Like we, we've all had those experiences in that split second. That's all it takes is a split second. Your entire body internally shifts and goes into fight or flight. And what you can do in those instances, because here's the thing, normally from an evolutionary perspective, you would then move those things through the body by physically moving because you are literally running for your life, right? When, when we have these types of things come up in modern day, in terms of getting cut off in traffic, you're sitting in a car and maybe you're on your way to work and then you go sit at a desk all day afterwards. So your body has had the stress response. It's gone into the fight or flight but then you're just chilling. And that can sound good in theory, but it's actually not because you have to, to move that energy through the body. Otherwise the body remains in that very high stress state, not, not indefinitely per se, well, not necessarily, um, but for far longer than necessary. So what you can do to sort of complete this stress cycle is as soon as you're, you're able to sort of move, like shake, jump up and down, run, dance, like whatever you need to do, that's going to help to move that through you. You'll see animals in nature do that as well. Have you ever seen that? Uh, there's like a YouTube video or something. I mean, I'm sure there's, there's more than one. There's ones where I think it's like a cantaloupe or something, um, is, is attacked by a lion or a tiger or something. And then the lion gets distracted and starts to look away. And the, the cantaloupe has almost like played dead. And am I saying cantaloupe or antelope? Guys, did I just say fruit? <laughs> I'm going to leave this in. <laughs> this is, I hardly ever edit podcasts. So this is staying in cantaloupe. That's not an animal. That's a fruit. <laughs> what is wrong with me? Is it an antelope? I'm going to use a different example. <laughs> Let's use a zebra. <laughs> I'm cracking up. Okay. We're going to go with zebra. Okay. The, so the lion catches the zebra. We're going with zebra. <laughs> and, and there have been videos that I've seen where whatever the animal was, <laughs> zebra otherwise, basically plays dead. And so then it's in the freeze state. And 
then when the lion, you know, if this isn't always the case, but if the lion gets distracted or something like that, then the zebra takes off and then it's moving that energy through its body. This is the mistake that we make as humans is that usually we don't actually end up doing that. And here's the other thing to know about the, about the nervous system, the body and mind both prefer what is comfortable and familiar. So that means that if you're used to chaos and stress and in a constant state of fight or flight energy in relationships, then being in a relationship with someone where things are stable and calm might actually feel wrong to you. Things might feel boring, or you might wonder if you're actually really that attracted to the person. Um, if, if that's what you really want, because your nervous system isn't in overdrive. Isn't that fascinating? Like we seek what's safe, but sometimes we can confuse what's safe and what's familiar, which isn't always necessarily like what's familiar isn't always necessarily what's healthy or best for us. If we haven't had healthy relationships in the past. So stable, grounded, like a stable, grounded, calming presence. That's actually extremely attractive to me because I spent so many years living in full blown fight or flight that I can sense the difference immediately. And I've, I've done the work and I know my body so well at this point that it means that I can tell right away how my nervous system reacts to someone. Your relationship should feel calm and, and safe. And the relationship will still evolve and, and go through phases like, you know, more the, the honeymoon phase in the beginning and then grow into kind of more deeper layers of, of trust and commitment. But when it comes to that calm and safe feeling, this, this applies to platonic relationships with people in your inner circle as well. Like if you're hanging around with people who are constantly energetically draining you or feed off of drama or gossiping or anything like that, your nervous system will tell you. Your nervous system will absolutely tell you. There's um, a couple episodes here, episode 88, all about uh, save the drama for your mama <laughs> and how being drama focused keeps you from happiness in life. Um, go check out episode 88 for sure. It's a really good one uh, related to that. And episode 236, all about gossiping and the evolution of it and how it's related to connection as well and, and the harm that it can create. But ultimately, it can also really indicate when, when your nervous system, when you can feel your nervous system kicking into high gear, it can also indicate that your needs aren't being met or that boundaries are being crossed. Another episode here, episode 268, uh, you're not needy, you're a human with needs. Go check that one out as well. But listen to your body. That is ultimately my entire point of this episode is to listen to your body. It takes practice. And if you want to talk about getting support on how to figure all this out and creating, you know, solid relationships and connections, starting with yourself, let me know, let me know how I can support you. Like send me a DM over at Emily Goff coach. Um, send me an email over at, uh, info at emilygoffcoaching.com. Everything will be listed in the show notes, obviously, but let me know. I'd love to chat. Even if you just have questions, if you have stories, um, of, of, you know, it, ways where you have experienced similar things to this in terms of your nervous system and stuff, let me know. I would love to hear them. Um, and please share this episode with somebody that you know needs to hear it. Um, and let me know what you want to hear more of as well. Like if you have a question or a topic that you might have, I actually have a form that you can fill out to submit your questions or ideas. So all of that will be listed in the show notes. Um, go check all of it out. Go check out all the other episodes that I mentioned as well and make sure to listen to what your body is telling you. 
That's by far the most important part because our bodies are talking to us all the time. It's just a matter of, of whether we choose to really tune in to learn how to listen to it and to learn the signals that it's giving us on a regular basis that we might be missing. So let me know how this goes and we'll be back soon. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast today. It means the absolute world to me and I'm so grateful. For any references in the episode and all show notes, be sure to jump over to roomtogrowpodcast.com. And if this episode touched your heart, it would mean so much if you would take a quick second to hit subscribe, write a review and share on social media or with someone who really needs to hear today's message. It makes such a difference to keep this podcast going so I can continue to bring you amazing content and absolutely incredible guests. Be sure to tag me over on Instagram at Emily Goff Coach so that I can thank you in real time for listening and connect with you. We're back every Tuesday and Thursday with new episodes and I'm looking forward to growing with you.